This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. I hope you have some pink on because we have Melissa Johnson of Best Friends for Frosting on the podcast today. This woman is bubbly and sparkly, and she likes all things sugar-coated and confetti-covered. She absolutely does. So we're super excited to bring her on. You guys are going to get a peek inside a successful lifestyle brand. We're talking four straight years of making six figures. So she doesn't mess around. She's working on sponsor content. She's surveying her audience. She's expanding her team. We're talking about all the things inside this episode today. So for those of you who kind of think that lifestyle blog brand that can actually be money-making is out of your reach, I would love for you to sit down, give this one a listen, and maybe learn that with some strategy, with some tools, you can actually make that happen. So get your socks on. Let's get started. Welcome, Melissa. We are so excited to have you here with us today. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. We are pretty pumped. You are exactly as your brand looks like online, pink, bubbly, fun, confident. So I'm excited for our audience to get to know you a little bit more and a little bit about your journey. We introduced you and your brand before the show started, but I wanted to reiterate that you are a very profitable lifestyle blog. That is kind of the holy grail of a lot of creatives, and that's where a lot of people want to start. And so I would love today to kind of go back into that journey, let us know how Best Friends for Frosting even started as an idea and what it looked like on day one, and then we'll kind of track that progression as you've grown over the last four years. Awesome. That sounds great. Okay. So how did all of this start? Idea? Would it start just like on a little piece of paper? Was it even planned to be this kind of big and creative business that it is today? Not at all. It still blows my mind. It's so crazy. So literally about 10 years back, I'd always dreamed about opening up my own bakery. And as time went on and I gained experience at other bakeries, I learned that I was more in love with the creative process versus really being in the operations of a bakery and that sort of thing. And then I actually have a brother who's very successful. He has an online shoe 
blog, which has like millions of followers. And I just remember one day he came home with a check for $30,000. And he's like, I just did this campaign with Sprite. And at the time I was working at a bakery and I was making $10 an hour. And I was just blown away. I was like, there's money in this industry. And this is about, I don't know, 2008-ish, I want to say. Anyway, so I ended up starting a blog and I started it with my mom, actually. It was like a little baking blog and we did it together for a month. And then I realized that I wanted to take the creative direction down a different path. And then from there, that's kind of where we went about and brought on contributors. And I was creatively, I was creatively directing things as if it was a bakery or a source of even lifestyle stuff as we had transitioned down the road. We became a lifestyle website, but I just loved being in that role where I was a creative director. So it's been crazy to say the least. So how did you start transitioning? I know recently you went from almost a purely third-party content to you decided to say, you know what? Like, it's going to be purely in-house creative. Like, when did you decide to draw the line and stop taking on contributors? So I started having some, you know, when like something in your gut tells you like something doesn't feel right. Something's not sitting right. But what happened was that because we were having contributors, I really didn't have my hand at the time in the creative process, which is my favorite thing about blogging and just the creative industry in general. And so every time that I'd have somebody apply to join my team, I would tell them, this is really bad, but I would say, go to our Pinterest account and look at the content that I'm curating to look at it for inspiration. Don't look at the blog. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Like, it's weird. It's like, you know, when something's under your nose and just something's not right, but you're so in denial because you're so lost in that daily grind. That's basically what happened to me. And so that was one of the red flags. And that was like for quite some long amount of time. And then last year, I'd signed with a talent agency. And they said, Hey, like, here are your Instagram photo is a logo. You have pictures of all of these other women. Nobody knows who you are unless they've been dedicated. Is that even a word? But if they've been following your blog for quite some time, they'll know who you are. And what it boiled down to was that who's Melissa Johnson? And when brands are coming to you or when people are reading your content, they're like, who's we? And I was like, wow, it was like an epiphany. I was like, you're right. Like if I had a brand and I was looking for ambassadors and if a brand was like, we love this toothpaste so much, I would think the same thing. Who is we? But if I'm going to go to one of my favorite blogs and say, for example, it says like, I love this toothpaste because X, Y, Z, it's going to be way more credible. A, because I know that blogger because it's I and it's a personal example versus a we. So I mean, it was just a whole epiphany. And finally, it felt right. And I was like, you know what, I have to take the plunge because it was coming to a point where I had severe dread when it came to work because I was losing my authentic touch on everything. Yeah, well, you're the second person we've talked to this month that has gone from we to I in her brand and started to involve more of her personal life and personal brand as her business brand and it's for that same exact reason when she's affiliates or sponsors or just authentic connections with her audience it's so much easier to say I than we so I think it's interesting because a lot of people start out kind of hiding behind that we it's easier to say we than it is to say I so I love that more than one person now has gone through that growth in your business that okay, I can do this. People are listening. And let's just make it about about me and my connection with my audience now. So I'm proud of you for doing that. Thank you. Thank you. And honestly, like I've never looked back since we made that transition. It just feels so great to me. Awesome. Well, well, and as a blogger who's, you know, been down the road of blogging five days a week myself, and then slowly taking on contributors, I can't imagine 
at this point going backwards and having to do it all myself. So how are you able to keep up with the content load now that it's all back in house? So we have a team and it's all local based in Sacramento, California. And it's just, I mean, honestly, like recruiting on a team has been the best thing ever because I'm really into my creative director role, which has been amazing where I can say, you know, Hey, like let's use J crew colors and let's do this. And so literally like, I have a team behind me where everybody has a, or I shouldn't say behind, with, we're all together. And so what we're doing together is that we are creating things together. I'm coming up with these concepts. I'm choosing everything from the fine details down to the paint colors or the frosting colors, whatever it may be, to the design, to what it looks like, to the consistency, everything under the sun. And we literally shoot every single thing in-house in our home studio where we're currently reciting. Yeah, so it's... It's been amazing. I mean, honestly, I'm, I feel like more now at this point, like I'm not so caught up in the daily operations such as email and social media, like different things like that. I mean, of course, I'm on social media, but it's not like I'm in front of that all the time like I was in the past. And so it's been really great to be able to play in the sand again. Yeah. Well, talk to us about the early days of kind of formulating this lifestyle brand. I think a lot of people don't quite realize that as the creative director, you used to also wear so many other hats. And so getting Best Friends for Frosting off the ground, I know, took a lot of work. And I think people like to kind of daydream about getting scent-free products, getting to shoot it, getting to write a fun post about it. But can you walk us through some of those early learning experiences that you had where you maybe kind of realized that this was an actual job and an actual business that can now grow into teams and high six figures. Totally. So basically from the get-go, we just started creating content. And what had happened over time is that we were originally making money off of our sidebar ads. And essentially how Best Friends for Frosting was positioned was it was more of like a PR outlet. We'd have content that was submitted to us. We would publish that content. And it was a PR outlet where basically we were doing blasts on our social media outlets and doing things such as that. Now, down the road, now what ended up happening where we realized like, hey, this is a money-making type of foundation was where when we started having brands come to us and say, hey, like, here's our cheese or here's our yogurt. Can you develop a recipe? I just mentioned that because that was one of the first campaigns that we had ever done that was sponsored. But I mean, for all different types. I mean, we are a lifestyle website. So I mean, whether it's fashion or interior design or recipes or DIY products, there's just so many different things that we're able to organically incorporate with our content. So it's it's been crazy. But yeah, I mean, like from the beginning when I realized like, hey, like this really is a money-making business, it was when I started having more conversations on the phone with different brands and media agencies in different places. And they really, really respected what we are doing and were very encouraging. And I mean, in the beginning, I just remember having phone calls with like QVC or Betty Crocker, or Better Homes and Gardens. And I just remember thinking like, whoa, like they believe in me. This is so cool. And so like, obviously like that confidence just started like building upon from those type of conversations and making those type of connections. And it's just, it's been incredible. I feel so, so blessed. And also, I just want to interject and say, like, rewinding back to talking about, like, contributors and our content and different things, like, we have had so much amazing content that's been contributed to us over the years. But I want to kind of touch back on that whole topic that we were chatting about earlier, where I was saying, you know, hey, like, I felt like the brand really lost touch with the vision. The reason why that happened was because we are a submission-based website. And because we're submission-based, we couldn't exactly, like, creatively direct that content. And so what had happened was that 
you know, we'd show like examples like, hey, like here's our Pinterest, Pinterest page, here's the content. But there was times where we couldn't get content in and it was tough. And so I just, I just felt like during that process, you know, we really, I lost my vision and I just had these bigger ideas and I was seeing other bloggers around me doing amazing things. And I kept thinking, I can do that. I can do that. But I didn't know exactly how to really map that out at the time being. And so finally I did. And it's been great. But yeah, I do want to say like the contributors that we've had in the past have been amazing. And, you know, there's so many that we're still friends with. And it's just been an awesome community overall. And I think that's probably the number one thing that has been a great part of our success is building that community all around the heart of the business. Yeah. Well, and if you could explain a little bit how the process of making these connections happen because I think a lot of people if they're looking for sponsors they're like well shoot how the heck am I gonna get (laughs) the Betty Crocker on the phone like I don't even know where to start so if someone was at the very beginning looking for those type of partnerships with these bigger brands like were you working with an agency what how were you finding these relationships so actually, so I have prior experience doing marketing. My mom and dad owned a senior in-home care agency. And so I did their marketing that way, which really made me feel very comfortable with starting relationships off with people or just making that conversation and putting myself out there. But when it boils down to actually like pitching or talking to brands, I actually have done it myself all of these years. We're now working with a talent agency. But like, say, for example, in the beginning of things, how we do things is that I would find contact information. So that would be whether it was going to a website, so say a specific brand that you're looking at, you go to the bottom and typically you'll look on the contact page and most likely you're not going to find an email address. However, if you go over to like the media or press page, you'll typically find an address or an email address for somebody who's handling those types of correspondences. So that's kind of how I'll start conversations is normally finding an email address from the press or media page. But also, you know, sometimes you have to do some digging. So maybe it's a DM on Instagram. Maybe it's doing a little LinkedIn stalking. And yeah, and I always say, like, when you're sending that email, reaching out, like, just always keep it short, sweet, simple, straight to the point. If you do a ton of paragraphs, typically people are going to get a little bit overwhelmed. And if you attach a media packet right off the bat, what's going to happen is sometimes that'll bounce back or go to their spam because it might seem a little bit alerting to brands. So I always just say, you know, hey, just keep that short and simple, straight to the point. And sweet, of course, too. <laughs> what, what do you say? Like, if I were to, you know, literally write my first email for me, what what should I say to this sponsor? Potential so I, sponsor? Typically, I always address them by the first name if I know it. If I don't know their first name, what I'll do is say like, hi, blank team. And then I write something in the subject line to really grab their attention. And then in the body of the email, what I write is I express how much I love the brand and why I love it. And I'll write something personable like, oh my gosh, I used this at my last party and it was such a success. And if I have any evidence to to attach with that, or I should say link out to you, I'll do a Dropbox link and say, see here or whichever. And then also I'll just say, you know, I'd love to talk to you or bounce some ideas back and forth and some ideas that we can work together. And I just, you know, I keep it very short, sweet. I mean, literally probably about three sentences and then boom, I send it off. That's awesome. Easy. I love that it's so simple. I think a lot of people think they need to do these like elaborate proposal packages and like make these big PDFs and they're really just wasting their time because they don't even know if they're going to be interested. Right, right. And yeah, I think it's just a matter of just taking that first initial step and putting yourself out there. The sky's the limit, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So at the beginning, when you were approaching these people and getting some people to say yes, getting some people on board, what does the process look like of you figuring out your pricing structure for stuff like that? Were you just like picking a number out of thin air at the beginning and now it's a streamlined process or how has that kind of evolved over time? You nailed it. That's exactly what it is. So in the beginning, you know, that's one of those things where it's tricky where people don't always necessarily like to talk about figures. And in the beginning, I didn't have those connections where I can really figure out what should I charge and what are you charging? And I know that there's so many factors such as social media following, blog traffic, um, engagement. You know, there's so many different things. But yeah, in the beginning, you know, I would compare what other agencies would send to me. And then if I was confused, I would just keep bumping up my price in the beginning and then if people would like turn down a certain price, I was like, okay, I'm not pricing myself. I'm now, of course, you know, working with a talent agency and having friends in this industry, I'm really able to gauge a standard pricing off of what to charge for specific things and, you know, build that confidence around there. But yeah, in the beginning, man, it was like navigating in a forest with no iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> with no iPhone. Do you, is there any sort of resources out there that you found that have been helpful to find pricing or to at least start guesstimating what you're worth? Yeah, no, I've looked at different articles and different things, but honestly, it purely is. I've worked with two different talent agencies. I'm now signed with a new one and both, and actually I've interviewed with a third one as well. And so all the talent agencies are in that same realm of the pricing. I also have a lot of friends that are in marketing and have ad agencies now. And so they're able to like, I'm able to bounce ideas off of them and, you know, some of the some of those people are they've worked with all leverages of different brands, you know, all different types of following and traffic. And so that's been really helpful too, as well as having those conversations with friends that are at that similar point in their business or even at different points in their businesses. So I'm really taking all of those conversations and compiling it into one. So it's been very difficult. I think the biggest thing to remember is that this type of industry and this type of advertising is still relatively new. Regardless of whether it's been around for five or 10 years, that's new, super new in comparison to the history of advertising. And so it is a lot of trial and error for a lot of people. And it's changing constantly as new social media platforms pop up and as the industry changes. So if you guys are out there feeling super new and, and wary about this, I think that's normal and should be expected. I totally agree. Couldn't agree more. So talk to us about how your brand makes money. So I think a lot of people look at lifestyle brands and they're like, okay, that's dreamy. I would love to get paid all day to shoot pictures of cupcakes. So is it primarily from affiliate sales, sponsored posts, or these relationships that you're building that you're now getting through your talent agency? Does that what makes up the bulk of your income? Because I know that Best Friends for Frosting is possibly considering products at this point, but I don't think you have anything out just yet. That's so right. So literally, it's crazy, but almost all of our income, I would say 95% is literally sponsored posts, whether it be on the blog or social media. We literally had come to a point where we said, you know what, sidebar ads, they're just not looking good on the website. We don't want it to take away from our sponsored post. We don't want it to take away from the look and the aesthetic. So we actually had recently removed those sidebar ads. But yeah, I mean, overall, I would definitely say, you know, sponsored posts in the blog, which is basically taking a product, organically placing it into the post, you know, products that we believe in and that we love, that we can talk about our experiences with and share it through our, throughout our social media outlets and the blog as well. That's so crazy. I mean, I mean, I think it's so refreshing, though, at the same time, because to be able to build a business off of sponsored content is 
so much work. Like you're doing it's I mean, it's essentially like having a client based business, but just not it's just like a different type of client. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. I agree with you. I know. And honestly, like even from my perspective, like I've been doing this for about seven years now and I still to this day, I can't believe I get to call this my job. I can't believe that it is a job. Like it's amazing. It's incredible. So I just feel so blessed to be able to be in this situation and have a team that I can work together with. And I mean, it's awesome. And I would love to be able to help anybody who's wanting to learn how to get into this industry and how to really position themselves as a public figure and create, you know, a business that they love that they're over the moon excited about. Well, I would love to hear about some of the stuff that you either invested in or made sure that you had really high quality control over, especially in the early days when maybe your budget um, wasn't as loose or free as it can be today. Did you do all of your own photography? Did you outsource all of the photography from someone who was professional from day one? How did you kind of keep up with the demands of the people that you were working with to make sure that you're creating quality, you know, marketing campaigns for these businesses, even when you were newer and smaller? So yeah, so in the beginning, you know, we had a Canon Rebel T2i camera that my husband and I were both using. But a lot of times as well, we would also contract with like other photographers, even honestly, like when we were at a contributing standpoint, we would even have content creators that would help us create that content for the blog, we would pay them. And so yeah, I mean, in the beginning, it was definitely like a learning process to really find how to pump out this content. Now, when we'd have submissions, or contributors as well, they would actually propose different ideas and then we'd pick our favorite ideas and then they would just have full creative direction on that which was you know I mean like it was just definitely a process for sure over time yeah I saw in your recent survey that you just finished up the 2017 survey for your audience when you were introducing your rebrand introducing the idea that best friends for frosting was going from we to I and kind of getting your audience's feedback on that you did mention products and we briefly touched on it that you don't have any out but is there anything that's on the horizon for Best Friends for Frosting in the physical product realm? Or are you still just working with third parties for, for getting that type of content on your site? So currently, actually, we're in the talking phase of starting a product line. It's still like very much in the talking phase for like the past three years. Isn't that horrible? <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like 2017. Seven's my lucky number. Like, can you just there you go. Yeah, we're in the talking phase of just like kind of curating the color palettes, the style, the look and different things like that. So yes, that is totally in the phase. I'm really hoping to launch that this year. It's something that's really near and dear to my heart, especially because what we're doing is that I'm creatively directing our content. And of course I'm creating it too, but that's my favorite part is the creative direction process of things. And so I just keep envisioning, you know, I'll see things at the store and I'm like, you know what? Like, I feel like I'm settling with this or that. If I want to incorporate this into a party or if I want to wear this or that. And I just feel like, I feel like there's really a gap right now in the marketing where, you know, we don't have enough brands out there that are really like making things that are like really amazing. I mean, there are amazing brands that are like, you know, like Bandeau or Emily Lay or Kate Spade, J. Crew. you know, the list goes on and on and on, but we need more of that out there. I feel like there is definitely a gap and I would be so honored to be able to have just some role of helping fill that gap where people can have certain color palettes for different things that they're incorporating. I know I'm trying not to like say too much yet because we have to be a little bit secret, a little strategic. Well, we're excited to see anything that you come out with. We know that uh, it's going to be 
beautiful and fun. And if you can create anything that we can get our hands on to put on our own Instagram feed, because we're constantly looking for fun accessories and, and being able to support a business that we know instead of just running around at random stores gathering up stuff would be even more special to us. So well, thank good luck you. with that venture. Thank you. <laughs> Well, and I'm curious, and I w- you don't have to tell us what the products are, so I will we'll stop quizzing you on that. But what sort of made you feel like? You, I mean, you mentioned you felt like there was a gap in the industry, but specifically to your business strategy, why did you feel like it was time to add a product line? Was did you think you were kind of at like? a plateau in your sales? Like, did it mean was like, what was your thought process behind that? Want to learn exactly step by step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get it set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. 
After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Yeah, so in terms of like your sales and sponsorships, actually, we're doing really well on that. Literally, when it boils down to doing a product line, it's just something that honestly is more of a passion project that's near and dear to my heart. It's not even necessarily about the money. It's something that I just feel like this is what I feel like should be out there. I can totally do this. I can totally creatively direct this. I have this total vision in mind. And I just feel like it would be such a fulfilling feeling just to see other people wearing certain things or using certain things or, you know, even seeing it come across the hands all over the world. So it's more of something, and also like on that note as well, I mean, I definitely have to mention that that's the other gap with having a blog is that, you know, here we are, we're creating this content, but we don't always get to see how people are incorporating this within their party or within their events or within their daily grind. And so I think that this would be an awesome, tangible way to really connect more with our readership and see things across the world. Awesome. I would, yeah. We've had our like very tiny discussion on products here at TCC, and I think it's for those exact same reasons. I think a lot of that starts as a passion project just to get to make something, and you see something physical that you got to creatively have your hands on, and knowing that other people can have that in their homes, I think is pretty special. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I agree. I'm really excited. I just, I seriously, I cannot wait to get my hands I was going to say dirty, but I wanted to switch it up. I, I can't wait to get my hands pink. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> pink and glittery and all yeah. the frosting, I'm sure. Not um, me <laughs> so I'm curious if, if when you're thinking about growth, I mean, a lot has changed over the year, over the years for your business. And where did you see the growth first? Was it was it kind of all in tandem, your social media growth alongside your blog? Or was like the blog blowing up and then your Instagram started blowing up afterwards? Or how how did that kind of all happen? Yeah, so literally from the get-go, it was our traffic that was building upon. And we were really surprised because actually, I don't always mention this, but previously my husband and I, we started a music website that was more of my husband's passion. He's a musician and we were doing something very similar as to what we're doing on Best Friends for Frosting. But when we had started that website, we invested $10,000. We were trying to be a website kind of like pure volume. And then we ended up taking a twist and getting outside of that social media strategy and just doing more of like content creation. And so we didn't get a lot of traffic though on that website that we had started together. And so what ended up happening was that it was very low and it wasn't my passion. And so when I started Best Friends for Frosting, I started it maybe off of a couple hundred dollars. I didn't get, you know, crazy involved in like legal fees and all these different things from the get go, like I did with the previous website. But we were blown away because what ended up happening was that the traffic was like through the roof, basically, like people love recipes and lifestyle topics, DIY, you know, all these different things. And we were just so floored to do that comparison where here we are pouring our heart and soul into this website. You know, I say heart and soul, but it was more of my husband's passion. But I was just I love the business side of things. So it was a fun opportunity. But we were working really hard on that. I mean, we did collaborations with like MGMT and the guitarist of Ecstasy and different bands like that. I don't know if you remember them from the 80s, but they were huge. But we did this whole like huge collaboration. And our traffic, you know, it was very much at a stand standstill. And so just to see, you know, here we are at the beginning phases within the first couple of months and the traffic is just 
going up really high, significantly higher than this previous project. So, so yeah, so what we had noticed with Best Friends for Frosting compared to the previous project that we did was that the traffic was significantly growing and that there was a need for this on the internet. And so what it ended up happening from there is that the followers throughout our social media platforms began to follow throughout our traffic on the blog. And so we noticed like the increase on our Facebook likes and Instagram and Pinterest and different things like that. So it's been a really cool process to watch unfold. Well, and I love hearing that because I feel like in our audience, we get so much pushback for people who don't see the value in starting a blog and don't see the value in like pouring out content a lot over there, knowing that it is going to affect the growth of all your other channels. Whereas I think some people who start on Facebook or start on Instagram and don't have anywhere else, that's where your traffic's going to stay. It may grow exponentially there and that's awesome, but I don't, it's not a trend that people start on Instagram and then move from there. People start on a blog and then move from other places. And so I love that yet another successful business started as a blog and then saw that trickle down effect into all of the other channels and not the other way around. Yes, I, I totally agree. And I think that there is so much value, whether you are a blogger, whether you're a business owner. I mean, I'm now seeing it on even corporate websites. Like, I mean, like Target has a blog. There's so many places and you're right. I mean, a blog is so special because that is that centralized location where your content can live versus getting lost in a feed on social media platforms. Yes, hundred percent. we are bloggers at heart, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. So what's your big dream? You, I mean, you have, you've done all of these things. You've tried lots of different things for Best Friends for Frosting. And I feel like you're getting closer to the heart of what you're really after with this business. And I'm curious, what, where do you see it going? What do you want for the future of this business? So ideally, what I would really like to see with this business is that it really starts as a movement where... We're really touching hearts of other people and it's infusing other people's days. And I know we're already currently doing that to an extent on the blog, but my passion and goal is to continue finding ways that we can continue doing that, whether it be through a product line, whether it be through other places where, you know, doing things in the online space or in a personable space where people can come in person and have different types of experiences that are all coming back to the heart of the brand. So I know it's going to be a process, but I'm just so excited to really, you know, continue getting that ball rolling and, See what the future holds. Well, I'm super excited to see what the future holds for Best Friends for Frosting. It's really interesting too. I love looking at the the way that blogs specifically evolve over time because the blogging atmosphere has changed so drastically over the years. So I love when I see bloggers pivot their strategy or pivot what they offer or pivot where else they're hanging out instead of just ditching blogging altogether or kind of under that rock of blogging is dead and it isn't working. I think you've really mastered making those small changes and really listening to what your audience is asking for or predicting what could make their experience better in general. When speaking of your survey results earlier, one of those responses or one of your questions was, do you feel like you know Melissa that well? And overwhelmingly, your people were like, no. I don't like I kind of heard of her and I know that she's kind of in best friends for crossing, but I don't really know about her personally. I love that you asked that. And I love that time and time again, small businesses, especially creative businesses are showing us that our audience wants to learn about us. 
They want to see our face. They want to see what's going on. And they want to know what we have to offer on a personal level instead of just a tutorial or just a recipe or just whatever. Is your family using it? Or have, did you just use that for a recent party that you actually had at your house? So I think that kind of transition to show that more authentic side or that more behind the scenes side is really set your business up for sticking around for a lot longer than what a lot of other people are doing. Yeah. Thanks so much for saying that. I do feel like there definitely is a gap where I want people to know who I am. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people who are like super serious and they don't smile. And I want people to know, like, I'm silly. I'm goofy. I'm myself. I'm down to earth. I always like to say, like, I am just as nice to the person without brought the McDonald's drive through as I am to somebody that I'm closing a deal with. It's just who I am. And, you know, and I, the reason why I mentioned that is just because one time I was at a conference and I just remember I was going out to lunch with someone and they were almost condescending to the person that was serving us at the restaurant. And then I just remember seeing them like pitching a deal and they were just like their best friend. And I was like, Oh, that's not me. Like I am equally genuinely just as nice as I am to somebody at a store versus somebody I'm trying to close a deal with. And so that kind of goes back to really wanting and having that need to really want to show people like who I am and my personality and what I believe in. And I feel like I'm so happy that Instagram has that stories options now because, you know, I've been doing so much karaoke and showing behind the scenes and some of the messes in our team. And, you know, it's really been an awesome lens to really give our readership a view on kind of what goes on behind the scenes and who I am as a person and more than just a flat laying photo. Yeah. I'm so glad you say that because I feel like we were suffering from the same problem because we, very similar to you, have, you know, a love of all things beautiful. And so our Instagram feed is very curated and looks a certain way. And we're not going to put Hot Mess Express photos of ourselves (laughs) on Instagram but I will gladly show you, you know, my Snapchat filter selfie <laughs> stories and I have no problem with it. But yeah. and it's actually how I feel like I got a lot closer to you over the last couple of months because I see your kids. I see you getting ready for a party, you know, and I feel like I know you better as a person instead of a business or a brand. And I think that's such a great point to make to everyone else that regardless of what you're doing as a business, you have to become a person that people recognize and you have to be yourself. It's so much harder to be anyone else but yourself. And Lord, if we could all just be nice people, like (laughs) it's scarier to be yourself, but it's easier. It's yes. I I embarrass myself frequently, but it's okay. <laughs> Me too. There's been so many times where I'll start doing like a karaoke video and I'm like, oh, I need to redo this. Or, you know, it's funny, like the longer and the more time that I'm spending creating these stories, the more confident that I'm becoming. And I'm starting to learn that there is so much like beauty and the imperfections. I think that it just makes you more relatable. And that's the thing. I mean, that goes you know, even back to what you were saying, that was such an amazing point. I mean, I really do want our readership to feel like I'm their friend, like I, like I'm relatable, that they feel like they know me. And I feel like that has been the perfect outlet on Instagram stories or even Facebook live to be able to really 
showcase that behind the scenes and become more personable and more than just a photo. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up and before we get to our, our last segment, I do, I would love for you to touch on real quick. We've referenced your survey multiple times and I'll drop it. I know it's closed, but I'll drop it in the show notes so people can at least see all the responses that came through. Can you talk to us about the idea behind polling your audience? How did you facilitate that survey? How did you know what questions to ask? And when you got all of those responses through, like, did you really sit down and go through all of their responses, see what the overwhelming majority felt like for your brand? And did it actually affect any different directions that you were taking your business? Totally. So we use SurveyMonkey, which is a great place. It's free and you can grab surveys. But then if you exceed a certain amount, you have to pay for an additional amount. And so that's how we did it. In terms of the questions, I really thought to myself and I said, you know, if I can ask these questions through our readership, what are certain things that I really want to know? When I normally have these conversations and I'm telling them, hey, please take this survey. This is probably like one of the very rare times that I'm going to be able to get information out of them that I may not necessarily be able to get out of them. And so I thought about different questions that I really wanted to know and things that I really cared about. And I wanted to know their perspective because that's the thing. I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, but when you get into that bubble of working for your company or whatever you're doing in your life, you know, it's hard to see things when they're under your nose. But when there's a reader's perspective, I mean, that's just so helpful. So I gathered all of those questions. And then in terms of going over the results, not only did I read the results multiple times, some of them even actually made me cry, but, and I mean, in a good way, like my heart was yeah. touched by those, but I also went over those results with our team as well. And we talked about these things and said like, Hey, what are things that we can change? What are things that we can do differently? And one of the more helpful ones that I was so thankful somebody told me was they said, you know, even though I'm not a mom, you have been writing more about motherhood topics, but you know, it's not relatable, but if you keep continuing to post really great content, I'll continue reading it. And it got me thinking and I go, you know what? That was like an aha moment to me because I go, you know what? I've never felt really full uncomfortable writing things about motherhood in, for example, like saying like why I kept my son from starting kindergarten a year later. That was one great example. What I do feel very comfortable incorporating my kids into is parties that I'm styling or DIY projects and showing it that way instead of getting too personal, because I feel like that's not the heart of Best Friends for Frosting. There's so many other people out there who are doing that, but it's not the heart of the brand to just go into all these like technical, really debatable topics. So that was so helpful. Well, I love that you were able to learn all of that from them and really, you know, take in deep kind of results and really think through what they were saying on a deeper level and not just, not just like, I think a lot of times people try to manipulate surveys to get the results they want. So that like, I mean, they'll say, do you want A or B? And like, the only obvious answer is B, (laughs) you know, trying to really make it so that they're proving a point to themselves. But I think the way you set it up, you were getting really valuable information from your audience. And it's helping you make really sound decisions in your business. And it's making me feel like we like we did one in 2015 but we didn't do it last year and i'm like we need to do a survey (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i wanted to mention with you too like as far as the results and sharing those results with our readership i literally i'm not kidding i shared 
all the most quote unquote negative responses, all the most positive ones and just the ones that really touched my heart and stuck out in between or, you know, feedback that was extremely helpful as well with our strategy. I love it. Well, let's wrap up. But before we do, we like to touch on our talk strategy to me segment. So this one, I would love for you to take away one to three steps that you think and you recommend someone should start. This is where they start. This is the strategy. This is the actionable tips. If they want to start actually making money from their lifestyle brand, what are three things that they need to kind of lay the foundation for first before they can kind of get started on that? Okay. So three things. First and foremost, I'd say really getting in touch with yourself. What fires you up? What makes you over the moon excited? What is something that you are so passionate about that you can talk about until you're pink in the face? I'm not going to say blue. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But yeah, what is something that you're so passionate about where you basically feel like, you know, money isn't a factor on this and that it's just something that you're so happy about? That's one very helpful thing. Another thing is, is really thinking about the heart of your business. What really emotionally evokes you and what do you think is a need for other people where you're offering value to other people's lives? Where do you feel like there's a gap and how do you feel like you can fill it? Another amazing thing that I would definitely say, you know, keep into your mind as well is be patient. I mean, I see so many people saying, you know what? I've been doing this for a few months and now I'm ready for sponsorships and the money to come in. But, you know, I think that honestly, like brands, they sometimes can see through that or they may feel like, you know, things are kind of new and that sort of thing. Don't give up. Do not give up because 1% of blogs monetize, which is a small number. But I think that that is because there's so many blogs that give up and they feel like, oh my goodness, like I've been busting my tail and I've got all these different irons in the fire. I just feel like you need to go all in. And that's what I did. I mean, my son was six months old and I just remember like I was on the sofa. It was a really hard time. I was on the sofa and working till like one in the morning. And I just, it was a really hard transition, but I did it. And I just kept doing it because I believed in it and I loved it. And it fired me up and it fueled me up and it touched my heart and I loved what I did. So, you know, I want to encourage anybody out there, you know, find that passion, do what you love and just believe in yourself. Because if you believe in yourself, other people are going to follow that. You know, it's just an example. Like imagine if somebody came over to you and they're like, Hey, I've got this product or I have a blog and yeah, you know, I mean, I'm kind of new and I just, I really like what you're doing and I want to see how things are going and see if there's ways that maybe we can work together. But then imagine, okay, imagine this, you're this new blog and you go over to a brand and you're like, okay, I'll just pretend like I'm myself and I just started a blog because I really did do this in real life. This is how I believed in myself and how other people really captured that feeling. So this is another example. So Hi, my name is Melissa Johnson. I have a lifestyle website called Best Friends for Frosting. And I'd love to talk to you about ways that we can partner together and have content that organically can be infused into our content and we can come up with a strategy. So like, imagine if you're like believing in yourself and you have that boost of confidence versus really questioning yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I love it. So So great. Thank you. And I honestly, like, I'm so happy to help anyone who has any questions or anything around the realm of blogging. And, you know, in 2017, that's one of my goals is to really tap into more resources to help people learn and navigate this field that feels kind of tricky to get started. But in reality, I mean, it it can be a serious game changer. Well, we love that. So make sure to tell people where they can find you in all the places. Okie dokie. Okay, so I am at bestfriendsforfrosting.com. 
Our Instagram is the same. Facebook is the same. Pinterest, it's pinterest.com slash BF4Frosting. Random side note, I love, love, love curating content. So Pinterest is such a blast. I have so much fun in there. Last but not least, we have a hashtag. It's called So Best Friends for Frosting. We have about over 60,000 shares using that hashtag. And that is a great area where we're really building that community, especially on Instagram and online, where our readership can kind of come together. And it's kind of like, oh, we can see who also is a part of Best Friends for Frosting or who loves that brand or who also enjoys that style and aesthetic as well. I love it. Well, thanks so much for coming on today, Melissa. We had a blast. Me too. Yes. Thanks for having me. I'm so honored and grateful that you guys had me here. Thank you. Thank you. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.